Welcome back to The Edge with your boy, Micah Parsons, live in your Bleacher Report app. I know y'all want to hear about the Eagles game, but I got a special guest, my dog, Stephon Gilmore, here with me today. I wanted to spice it up for y'all because, obviously, it's not our usual Monday talk. So this is going to be a Friday gym special, and my boy Gilly's here with me. Say what's up, Gil. What's up with y'all, man? Appreciate you for having me, bro. Good. It's a pleasure to have you live over here on the edge, man. This is something to spice it up, something different. I wanted to come outside the box for you. The vibes is good. Everything's great. You know, I thought it was a great game, a great rivalry game, you know, between Eagles, Cowboys, Ferocious, you know, just all out on the field. I think each team put everything they had. And I think it showed where both teams are. I think the Eagles, Cowboys will always be at the top of their game every time they face each other. But there was things left out, calls missed, things like that, that dictate the game. And then we just didn't finish the way that we know we could. Gilly, drop something that you feel like happened in the game, something that you feel like should have went differently. or Because we'll get into some stuff, specifically you. But j- just tell them something that you feel like they need to hear. Give them hope for what the season continues to be. Now, I think it was, it was like you say, it was a um, hard-fart game from both sides. Two great teams playing. Could have went both ways. A lot of ticky-tack stuff was called during the game. But, you know, it goes like that sometimes. But um, it, it was uh, – I'm just looking forward to – they're supposed to be, you know, one of the top teams in the league. And I know what we have left in the tank. We have a great year. We just got to keep pushing. You know, we learn from that. And um, I think it's going to be a fun year for us. Dope, dope. For sure, for sure. But, you know, let's get right into it. Thank you for joining. What have the vibes been like at practice this week? Well, the vibes been good. And here go a snapshot of me versus C.D. Lamb um, <laughs> with the hands. I just want to let y'all know I have the best hands on the team. Um, y'all can say it's the bo- uh, boxing offseason. What type of hand, but You can see C.D. stands. He wasn't prepared. was about to hit him with this one-two right now. He was not prepared. Gilly actually been boxing with us <laughs> one time, and he's never been back. He said it was too much for him. It was too much, man. It was. I went. I went to box with Micah one time. My hands were sore for about two weeks. I said, "I need my hands." <laughs> it, it might be over for Gilly in his boxing career, but you know the young Mike Tyson still prevails. Still prevails. I saw uh, Mike Tyson uh, training Francis, and I was like, "Man, I'm, I need Iron Mike to come train me because." I think these haymakers could do something. I really do. I really do. Um, all right, let's get into it. I know everyone saw me riding the tush push. And those is one of them things that's like when you're not ready, but you this isn't how you planned it or pictured it in practice, right? <laughs> I was supposed to jump up and get the quarterback, but that's obviously not how this turned out at all. So this was a complete whiff. It was supposed to get stopped, and I was supposed to – Pull him back when I jumped over the pile. So that was one of the moments I was just like, "Wee!" You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just what it is. Um, the touch push is still undefeated. I only failed a few times, but they are still doing great things with that thing. Biggest takeaways of the game. I would say, you know, obviously, I think we played a great first half. I definitely think that one of the things is we, as a defense, had to have a better third quarter. I thought the first fourth quarter we had some crucial three and outs. But I just think the refs, if you're going to make calls, you got to make calls everywhere, not pick and choose when to make calls. And when I say that is if you're going to be picky and tacky in the back end, 
you got to do the same energy in the front end. There were some obvious and blatant, blatant, like terrible holding calls that I felt like should have been called. Um, it's all been out there, but I think I think at this point we need to have more refs. There needs to be eyes everywhere because obviously these calls are being missed in the game. I don't know if the refs' eyes are somewhere else where they're trying. It's too much going on, but it needs to be more of something because. These calls is crucial in games that just can't be missed, and it's very obvious. So, obviously, I think there need to be more reps, or they just need to let us play. Let us play. You know, if they're not blatant calls that need to be called, they need to let us play, and that's just what it is. Uh, obviously, a heated rivalry. Um, I actually witnessed this. Kelsey was laughing, screaming in Damone Clark's face. Like, this was real. Like, I didn't even know what to say at the time. Like, it was just one of them things, like, these dudes are nuts. Like, the refs were trying to calm these two down. Kelsey's crazy. Like, he's a crazy dude out there on the field, and we're just going to put it like that. So, it is true. Uh, Dak had a great game, and I think that was obvious. There was times in this game where I was like, man, Dak Prescott is dealing right now. I mean, I think Dak special. I think Dak is solidifying himself and proving a lot of people wrong. With A lot of people came into this uh, season saying we couldn't win with Dak. And, yes, we lost, but Dak is putting up numbers that a quarterback should win with. He won almost every category. There's certain things where we didn't finish well in, and it's a game of inches. A lot of them calls and, you know, foot going out of bounds, knee down before the goal line. That's what football is. It's a game of inches. It's a game of pride and glory. And I hope y'all realize this because things do not always turn your way. You're not always supposed to win. Even when you feel like, and I, and I, you could pervert this to life, you know, even when you feel like you're doing everything right and you're doing everything in a possible manner to be good at something and you expect that outcome and you expect to see what you're putting in, sometimes it does not pan out. And guess what? You got tomorrow, you got next week to prove in and keep putting that work because eventually it's going to turn up. Eventually you're going to gain them inches. You won't come short, but you got to keep being persistent and keep going. And now we're going to get into my gilly. There was a pass interference call late in the third that led them to go up that second possession. Gilly, take us through your mind here. What was going on in the play? What's your thoughts on this? Like, I mean, I know what I think, but let's get your your point of view. So my point of view was, you know, he kind of gave me an inside release. I didn't go for it. I kept my leverage, stayed outside. I got a great jam on him. I stayed top shoulder. And I was basically, I zone turned it, looked back at the quarterback. And I basically was, you know, on top of him the whole time. So I don't, I didn't hold him. I didn't impede his progress. I thought it was a good defense. You know, I was kind of upset with that call because that was a key pitiful point in the game. Third quarter, we needed to stop. And I think we would have gave the ball back to our offense. You know, they would have did big things. But I guess as the defensive player, offense we can push off sometimes and not get a call. But any little thing that we do, you know, we got to be perfect, you know. So I guess I got to be perfect next time. Yeah, I'm going into the gist of, and I've always been saying it, it's an offensive lead. You know, yeah. going with quarterback hits. I've seen a crazy quarterback roughing pass on Matt Jones by and ruined K.J. Henry's first sack. I mean, I've been seeing it all year yeah. of guys pushing guys out to play, weak roughing passer calls, things that's not even getting fined, but they're calling it out on the field. I mean, the pass interferences, the push-offs. It's blatant. Um, What's your thoughts on it just being an offensive league, allowing these offensive to just put up points, not earning not earning first downs, automatic first downs with these calls? Do you think they should be replayed? Do you think they should be challenged? What's your keys? What are your thoughts out there? Because these plays 
10 dictate games. Yeah. It may not dictate in the moment, but eventually it's going to cost someone a game. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Personally, I just think they should call it both ways. I think the things that the offensive players get away with, you know, they don't they don't call it. You know, a subtle push when you're running down the field, that's a touchdown. You know, but if we do anything, we push them, we, we tug a little bit, they calling it. You know, we never really get away with things, so – if they called it both ways, you know, I wouldn't have a problem. But um, I just struggle with, you know, them getting away with, like, push-offs and stuff like that. So that's my point on it. Yeah. And, and you know, it's tough. And we live in a, we're living in a confined box where we got to play safe. We can't play dog football where we can really play our best football. We got to be cautious. We're playing cautious football right sure. now. And you know that tends to injury, that tends to giving up big plays and things like that because – of fearing that you're going to cost your team. And that's just the reality of it. I think things have to change. Things have to be more challenged, more refs, more something and more limits to these rules because they're very one-sided. And I think that should change right away. Well, let's look ahead to next week. We'll look ahead to next week in a little bit. But I want to talk about the first half of the season. Right now, we're 5-3. and three. I would say the biggest takeaway is that we're a very good team, but we have small things to fix to be a great team. Gilly, you've been on the Super Bowl team. You've been in these environments where you went all the way. You went all the way twice. Yeah. What does it look for us or what does it take to get there that you think we have to change to get there? You know, what what do we have to do? What has to come on um, so we can get to that Super Bowl? I think, um, you know, this, this is one of the most talented teams, you know, I've ever been on. But I think with us, just me being on the team, you know, half of the season so far, it's just going to be able to win those tough games. You know, when we play against good teams, just we're going to have to pull it out at the end. You know, um, it w- we wasn't able to do that, whether it's defensively, offensively, you can call it whatever you want. But when it gets to the end of the game, we got to be able to finish. And on those Super Bowl teams and on those big teams that I played on, we finish, you know, whether it was on defense, you know, offense going driving the ball down, scoring when they had to, defense making a big stop. Because that's what games will come down to. You know, you're not going to always have to be able to beat teams by 14, 10. It's going to be back and forth. And um, it's going to be the, the last man standing. Yeah, the battle's on. I, I yeah. agree 100%. We got to find a way to win those big games. We got to find a way to crunch it out and finish some games so uh, we can be victorious. What is the biggest adjustment moving forward? I, I think just like what Gilly said, find a way to finish some big games and not find a way to not beat ourselves, uh, limiting the penalties, finding a way to put us in better position, better leverage, so we can come off blocks, finish at the ball better, and uh, get the ball back to our offense because Dak Prescott's playing at elite level right now. I think that Dak Prescott should be in the MVP conversation. If you're looking at numbers, what he's able to do, his efficiency, and things like that, Dak Prescott's playing at elite level. I think he needs to be talked about more not less and not in a downwards way. He is playing at an elite level, and we should open our eyes. Open your eyes, people. Dak Prescott should be in the MVP conversation, and I think he will prove that leading out to the end of this year um, and winning some big games and leading us to the playoffs. There was reports this week. We Yes, we signed Martavis Bryant. Big signing. What's your thoughts, Gilly, Martavius Bryant, what he could bring to our team? How can he add value and so forth? Uh, I mean, he's the first thing that stick out with him, you know, his size. He's like, I think he's like 6'4". He's got great speed. I played against him when he was in Pittsburgh. You know, it was him, A.B., 
someone, uh, James Washington. It was, it was, they had a lot of great receivers, you know, he was making plays. So I think with that signing of him, you know, he's going to come in, you know, he's hungry. He's been in without ball for a long time. And I think he's hungry. He's going to help us out whenever that time comes. For sure. I think what he brings to the offense, I think he does open up for CD. I think you have to respect him. I think he's a nice red zone threat with his size deep down the field, extend the field and things like that. And when he gets to learn in the system and he gets to added value, especially with B Cooks, uh, this system will really thrive with speed and talent on our offensive side of the ball. So I think this was a great signing. Loved what we've seen. But let's get into more of you, Gilly, because you've been on the show. You're our star of the show. So you're a Super Bowl champ, you're a defensive player of the year, one of six cornerbacks to win the award. And I talk to you about this a lot, and, you know, this is why it's always great to talk to you about now, and you're going to share your toolage and your knowledge out here on the pod, on the edge. When did you know your defensive player of the year season was different? You don't really know. you just kind of just going through the process, you know, week by week. You know, I was covering the best guy each week, playing the man-to-man coverage. My defense was playing elite. You know, I was picking stuff off, taking it to back to the house, just shutting guys down. You know, I wouldn't let guys catch many balls in. I was covering the best guy wherever he went, wherever he's in the slot, you know, where it was a tight end, you know, wherever he's at the X. That's where I went, you know, and I did that all season. And I was making splash plays. Our defense was like ranking, ranked number one in the league that year. You know, you just kind of just going through your normal routine and, and towards the end of the season, my teammates was coming up to me like, bro, you may win it. And I'm like, man, I may win it. I, I was just surprised just because just cause I, I was just going through my normal routine, doing my thing. But next thing I know, the season end, you know, I go go to the SBs, you know, win defensive player of the year. You know, that was a big honor just because it's hard to win that at the cornerback position. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So, and I was the only player in, in New England Patriot history to win it. It was just a big honor for my teammates, you know, our defense that year was elite. It just felt great. You know, that's a big accomplishment. I play this game because, you know, I want to be in the hall one day, and that's a goal of mine. So that, that was one of the big accomplishments for me. Well, you're definitely going to the hall, brother, without a doubt. Um, hall of Fame guy on and off the field. Um, you do terrific things. I'm so thankful you listened to me when I told you after the Coast game to come to Dallas. Boy, do we need you this year. Uh, you've been a great addition, great mentor for all of us. I want to know, in your opinion, and I, and I know this answer, but everyone needs to know, did you do anything different or are you always been structured or your routine when you won defense player of the year? Have you always been like that? Or how did you adapt or learn how to be a pro, learn how to be a winner one defense player of the year? I just think uh, when I went to New England, you know, it was kind of different for me for what I was used to. I was five years, you know, in Buffalo. We didn't win no, no games, never been to the playoffs. And then I went to New England. And I think that culture there was it was a little different, but it kind of made me hungrier. It uh it challenged me more. You know, Bill being a great coach, he challenged me each week. You know, he pushed me. He wasn't easy on me. It elevated my game to another level. You know, just being in that team at that time. You know, being around guys like Tom. You know, Devin McCourty. Those guys being pros, you know, really teaching me, you know, how to be a pro and really how to take care of my body, how to study film, you know, how to prepare each week. And I think that elevated my game a lot because I was always a great player, you know, being in in Buffalo all those years. But when going to New England, you know, playing in primetime games, you know, 
playing in on on the big stage, you know, going to the Super Bowl. So that really elevated my game a lot more. And this is for the young athletes. I think what advice would you give to a young athlete, one who's striving to be a best corner, striving to do great things, make it to the NFL and potentially make it to the Hall of Fame one day? What is a word of advice to that eight year old or that 12 year old, that 16 year old that may look up to you on Sundays or just may look up to you and say, man, this is one of the best corners ever. What led to your success? I just think for me, just growing up as a kid, I was never complacent. I could have a great game and I always felt like I didn't, you know, I can have a great year and I always knew, you know, I had to do it again the following year. That was from a young age, from middle school to high school, you know, having a lot of scholarships, but still thinking I I didn't make it yet. And once I got to college, getting to the pros, I'm just getting started. You know, I still got to keep proving myself. And, you know, I, I just never getting complacent, staying even kill. I think, one thing that as a kid growing up is having that mentality. And, you know, every time you step on the field to be great, I take the mindset, nobody really cares what you did last year, two years ago, five years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about now. So just taking that mindset each and every year until you can't do it no more. And once that point hits, you know, you don't have to worry about it. But if you had that mindset, you always stay hungry. You always you, you always want to get better and you'll stay getting better each and every year. Um, what I took from that is never getting comfortable, right? Always staying hungry. Never forget where you came from and always learn how to become a better version of yourself. Never settle for that person you were last year. Um, the year before that, strive to get that 1% or that 2% of, you know, self-scout. Can I get faster? Can I change the direction better? What can I do to stay ahead of the game? Because you don't never want to get caught on that curve. You want to stay ahead of the curve. So we appreciate that, Gilly, for sure. Let's get straight into the NFL. The the hottest tea, what's going on? It's spicy right now, y'all. Let's look at the playoff picture. If the season ended today for the AFC and NFC, and what are the matchups and predictions? This is the midseason. Midseason awards right now. Midseason, what would it be right now? Chiefs with number one seed. To be honest... I have to take the Ravens. I think Ravens go. Uh, they beat Bengals. And we're going to get up. We're going to get into that matchup soon. We're going to get that Ravens-Browns matchup. And to be honest, I don't know if the Jags is the sleeper team, right? I think the Jags is one of the better teams in the league. But I don't know if they want to see the Browns. And it's strictly because that D-line with Miles Garrett and everything is something serious. I think the Dolphins do beat the Steelers. Honestly, I think teams this year in the NFL, it's like no dominant team. I think anybody can get beat. I think whatever team wanted that week is going to win, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a little different this year than previous years. To me, I just think a lot of teams are the same. I just think it's going to be whoever won it at the end. Yeah, for sure. I, and I definitely think the Dolphins could beat the Chiefs if they see each other. Yeah, the for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think we're going to see Browns-Ravens this week, so it's going to be something serious. And we're going to get into that in a second. Let's see the NFC. Cowboys, 49ers. I think Seahawks, obviously. Actually, the Saints are playing at a really high level, and I don't want to discredit that. defense have been... I, th- I think I'm going to take New Orleans to beat the Seahawks. I have to take the Lions. The Lions been playing, I mean, crazy. crazy. I mean, I think the Lions been playing crazy. 
And then obviously, I got to bet on myself. I have to. I have to bet on myself. I'm taking Cowboys over 49ers. And that leads to that that matchup that everyone wants to see, Eagles-Cowboys. I know y'all excited about that. And we're not going to get too spicy because obviously we see them very soon. But y'all know how I feel about that. Always got to bet on yourself. And obviously, I think the Lions, from this view, the Lions have a great chance of going to the NFC Championship. They have a great chance. I think they can beat the Vikings. And I also think they're very capable of beating the Saints or the Seahawks in the divisional round. So it's very interesting. These matchups are super spicy. I think this could be all-around great matchups for a lot of teams. I think it would be great playoff football if this is how the season ended right now. One defense that really impressed me this year, and I've been on them since week one, and not a lot of people thought they would be as good except for me. And I'm taking full credit for that because I understood who they added and what they have on their team, how they drafted and their front. And I mean, they're special. And that's the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are 4-1 and one when Deshaun Watson starts and 1-2 and two when he doesn't. And a lot of people were, were questioning why they signed Deshaun Watson. Well, that's why they win games when they have them. And let's not get this. We are very judgmental about people's mistakes, right? And y'all know I'm high on... Patrick Mahomes, and I'm high on Jer Burrow, but when they make the same mistakes, when they make wide interceptions or throw it in the coverage, and I'm not saying Mahomes does a lot, but we don't give him the same bashing as we do to guys like Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, at the end of the day, is a winner. He's 4-1. He wins when he starts. He may make bad decisions, and every quarterback does. No one's perfect in the National Football League. It's tough to win games, but in the reality, he wins, right? And now you see them going against the Ravens. And I want to spotlight another player for the Ravens who's really been stepping up. He's our interception leader. And that's Geno Stone. You talking about a guy that got late or he might have been uh, UDFA. I'm not sure. But Geno, he's an Iowa guy. I think he was a late guy. He was a, he was a fifth, sixth-round pick. But he's leading the league in with five interceptions. I mean, he's hooping. And regardless, he's playing at an extremely high level. And this Ravens defense is, a I would say, a top-five defense. So the Browns have their hands full offensively going against, obviously, an interception leader. They blitz a lot. They have a lot of pieces that rotate in this scheme. I mean, it's truly special what the Ravens have. Browns at the Ravens on Sunday. It's going to be a great game. I'm super excited to see it or get updates on it um, because I got a very important game myself. But this is a game y'all don't want to miss. What's your thoughts on the Gilly? Like, Browns, Ravens, Sunday, who are you taking? Browns, Ravens. I'll probably go with the Ravens. I mean, I like Lamar. I like Deshaun Watson, too, but I think Lamar, you know, he's playing great ball right now. They got a great running game. You know, their receiver shifty. Their defense playing at a high level. And Coach Harbaugh, you know, he, he don't play no game. So I think Baltimore get it. I think it's going to be a great game, but I think Baltimore get it at the end. Yeah, the truth of the matter is Lamar is playing at an MVP caliber level. There's a few quarterbacks that's playing at an MVP caliber level, and he's one of them. And when that defense is striking and he's striking at the same time, it's been very scary to see. The way they they hit on the Lions, no one thought that would happen. I mean, they've been out of this war recently. It's going to be an exciting matchup for both these teams. I think the biggest thing is, can that Browns defense take over that game on Sunday? If they can take over the game limit, Lamar from doing what he does and Miles Garrett takes that game over and they got Denzel Ward slow down OBJ and Zay Flowers and they got Greg Newsome, Martin Emerson and uh, 
or Wusu at the linebacker, if they can find a way to slow down Lamar and Zadarius Smith, they got all this talent. If they can find a way to slow down Lamar, I think the Browns could take home that win. But they got to slow Lamar down from this MVP caliber season he's putting together because the Ravens is hot right now. The Ravens is looking like the team to beat in the AFC. They're looking like the most dangerous. The weapons between Mark Andrews, Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers. They still have Bateman. The running back, Gus Edwards, been playing at an extremely high level. It has been a very exciting to see the Ravens this year. So let's see. And, and actually, let's pull up stats on the yards allowed per defense. This will really let you know what's going on. Besides the Cowboys, the Browns, the Ravens, this is a this is a top three defensive uh, game with Ravens right there and Browns right there. And that lets you know how important this game is going to be. If I'm a better man, I'm taking the under on the points. I think this is going to come down to a defensive game. I think it's going to be a very good defensive game, and it's going to be very exciting to see. So let's not sleep on the Baltimore Ravens or the Cleveland Browns because this their defenses are playing at an extremely high level. Interception leaders, sack leaders, you name it, they've been there. So – uh it's going to be a good game. I, I just feel like this is the time of the year where the great teams, you know, take off. You know, this is the time of the year if, where you see the teams that really want it. You know, they start winning big games. They start dominating. This this when you really see the teams that's going to really, you know, be that, them guys on the field. 100%. 100%. Who are my top defenses midway point in the season? My top five would be obviously us, Ravens, Browns. Uh, Baltimore. Uh, I think the 49ers and Lions. Yeah. I think those are the top five uh, defenses up to date midway through this point so far this year. Another thing people have been talking about is how the Dolphins have not beat above 500 team this season. What does that say about Miami? Honestly, it says nothing. You know, I don't, I'm not a person that likes to knickknack on things. The games they lost, they were very close games. The Chiefs game, they didn't finish well at the end. The uh, Eagles game, I thought it was a very one-sided game. Nothing really went their way. The Bills game, you know, Josh Allen, he played at an extremely high level. If that's how I'm going to lose, then I can grow from those, right? I learn, I can adjust to how to play Josh Allen better. I can adjust how to finish the game better against the Chiefs. I can adjust better how to slow down the Eagles' offense and not give up so many penalties that led to the game, their drives being extended. Like, you can learn from those. We're not going to knick-knack on the Dolphins because I think they're still a very good team. I think people are reaching. Usually when you're a very good team and you might hit a few failures, people like to pour down and say, oh, you're not that good of a team. The Miami Dolphins is a very good and talented team regardless, right? Jalen Ramsey's got back. The defense is playing out very good right now. Um, and their offense is the most explosive offense that we've seen, the most speed that we've seen in a very long time. They're special. Regardless of how we may look at it, they're a special team. So we shouldn't overlook them. I think they're a team that's going to give a lot of teams trouble uh, towards November and December. And uh, obviously, we play them very soon. So I don't think we should overlook them at all. What's your thoughts on Miami? I think Miami is a great team. I think Miami, yeah, they haven't be uh, whatever they say top five team in the league but I think they have the talent to beat anybody you know they have explosive players they have impact players I think they're learning each other just like everybody else is you know and I think it's a long season man it's 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 a lot of football left and you can never count nobody out I think Miami one of those teams that's you know up and coming and I think tools you know playing playing starting to play good ball and 
and I think they're going to have a good year. I think they're a good team. I just think they got to have something to talk about them not beating whoever they play the top three team. But I think they got the talent to beat anybody for sure. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, people were saying if, you know, the Cowboys had similar criticism, if you were on the Dolphins, what would the response be? I think it would be the same response. At the end of the day, you know, football is an unforgiving sport. You know, at the end of the day, you only get 17 games out of the year to prove what you got. And if you don't bring your best on that day, you get beat and beat by anybody. I mean, we've seen it. And that's just the reality of it. And, you know, a lot of people were throwing this saying, you know, this is coming after, uh, obviously, the Chiefs are a top five team. They keep pushing themselves. Obviously, they edge themselves in front of the Dolphins in my top five at this point. But it's very close at the end of the day. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes said the Chiefs defense was the best defense in the NFL and the best defense that he's had since he's been a Chief. And, you know, for him, that's a fair statement that he can make. He should have this confidence in this type of uh, team. You know, they got him crucial stops in a lot of games where that, it may not happen. And as a quarterback, you got to lead your team in this way. And it's very important. But the Chiefs are good defense. They might not be the best defense, but he has that right to his opinion. No offense given, but you see statistically who the top five defenses are. And, you know, it's just simple like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're winning games, right? With their 7-1 and one right now or 7-2. and two. Yeah. Um, So you can't take that away. They're winning games. They're getting big stops when it matters. So they have one of the best defense without a doubt. And you got to look at where he's coming from. This is a team that was never really known for defense and they got these pieces and they're putting it together and they're and they're going places because of their defense and offense and how they've been going hand in hand together and that's always important. One of the biggest stories last week was Josh Jobs getting traded to the Vikings and coming into the game and getting the win against the Falcons. And this is my thing on Josh Jobs. Uh he's a very resilient player, very overcoming and Obviously, he loves the game. You know, it's hard to learn a system and go out there and compete. There's It comes with a lot of just knowing what the hell is going on, what's my assignment, what are the checks, what are the – and sometimes it may even check me and Gilly up sometimes because there's a lot to go in the game. So the fact that he was able to do that uh, in 36 hours is truly amazing and inspiring. I, I think the league should take something from Josh of being resilient, being persevering that it may not be your first team. It may not be your second team. You may get tossed around a lot in this league, but then day you have to find your place. And I think he's finding his place that anywhere he goes, we know this is a guy that's going to give us everything he got. He's never going to lead us wrong. And he's going to put his all into us and his teammates. And, you know, I saw I, I saw his story yeah. online and it said, the Cardinals said they weren't trading them. Yeah. Uh, they were going to start the rookie. And that just lets you know how unforgiving this business can be. Yeah. You know, this business, it's all about money, attention, and and never about the person. You know, it, it's never, it's rarely ever going to be about the player. Yeah. So the fact that he was able to push his feelings to his side and never get offended about his circumstances really says a lot about Josh Dobbs, the person. So, Josh, keeping a hero and a representation of the NFL because what you're doing right now is truly amazing, and it, and it should be awarded because that's not common. It's not it's common. Not common. I mean, he. I mean, like he said, I think he said his coach told me he wasn't going to get traded. You know, I've been traded before, so it happens. It's a business at the end of the day, but sometimes you got to take those things 
and look at it in a positive way, you know, be able to rebound, go to a situation and play your best ball. You know, nobody really cares about, you know, what happened before, you know, you got traded, you know, you go to a new team and he performed, you know, at the end of the day, it come down to performance. And he was able to do that. And, you know, it's a great story because he, he didn't let it get under his skin. He made the best out of his situation. A hundred percent. There is some bright side what's going on in Arizona, though. Back oh, in yeah. Arizona, yeah. Kyler Murray's back. It's exciting to see Kyler Murray back. People sure. may not know Kyler Murray is an exciting football player, yeah. exciting quarterback. And they said, is this a real-life size of a football? <laughs> I think they – honestly, <laughs> they might have boosted that football. Look. The football is not that big. Yeah. They they did my man Kyler wrong. There's no way that's a real football. And they're playing the Falcons on Sunday. What does this say? If – Kyler doesn't beat the Falcons, but Josh Dobbs is. Did they make the wrong decision? Especially, I think Josh Dobbs is a great backup. I think, I think Josh Dobbs is a, a great backup. He's he's a great quarterback. You know, Kyler Murray haven't played in a while, so it's going to be his first game back. But, you know, like I said before, he, he got to find a way to get it done. Yeah. You know, he got to find a way. And the coaches and the GM, they live with that decision. You know, they traded away um, Dobbs, and, you know, they confident in Kyler Murray, and, he got to get it done. Yeah. Mind my words, I don't want to put Josh Dobbs in a, a confined box saying he's a great backup because obviously we've seen he's been playing a, a backup role amazingly. But he's proven in this league yeah. so far this year that he can potentially be a great starter. For sure. He's putting together remarkable games against us, against the Falcons, and he's putting games together. He might have a chance to be a great starter for a team eventually, especially if injuries in the league keep happening. Mm-hmm. We just never know how this might turn out, but Josh Dobbs is putting together an incredible year. A guy that I've been talking about almost every week, and what he did last week was just extremely uncommon. Crazy. I mean, this Crazy. kid, I said this pre-draft that C.J. Stroud was uh, QB1. People made fun of him because it's testing in the offseason. I mean, they made fun of him because they said he didn't like to run. Yeah. But guess what? That's stuff does not translate in the NFL. He's in the pocket. He'll sit down, make the big throw, make the tough throw. He is looking what you would want to see. He doesn't even look like he's a rookie. No, he look like he in year five. He coming to yeah, like, the rookie year like he's, he's year five. Dominate. He's coming to take names. He's coming to take everything. I mean, there was an argument to see if Bijan or CJ was going to be rookie. I don't even think it's a debate. I think CJ Stroud is going to be a unanimous offensive rookie of the year. I mean, it won't even be close. CJ set the single game rookie passing yards record with 470 yards and five touchdowns. And the, the remarkable thing is about CJ is the way he did it. He led his team. To win the game. With 40, 40 seconds, seconds left. 47 seconds left. That's elite. That's yeah. Tom. That's Tom Brady. Type stuff. That's what it's something he'll do. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's easy. That's yeah. Tom. We're talking about Tom Brady level as a rookie quarterback. I mean, this is a team that hasn't won. They haven't really know, won. They, they got this had the second overall pick. I mean, I mean, but this is a team, I think he's won more games in the last what two, three years. Yeah. And I mean, he is going They're to change in Houston. He's changing Houston. I think now it's going to be players wanting to go to Houston and play with him. I think he's going to be that type of quarterback, that type of attraction. Houston has their forever quarterback, and that's great to see. I mean, this couldn't have turned out any way, any better for Houston. 
They A-plus this draft. They did not mess this up. And this is huge. C.J. Stroud, he's a top-ten quarterback in the NFL right now. And I don't even think it's debatable. And if you really want a debatable, I think C.J. Stroud might be one of the one of very few. I don't know the record on this. Very few to win an MVP and Offensive Rookie of the Year award. That'd he's playing crazy. at that level. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. And that's the reality. He's yeah. playing at that level. I, think- I just love that drive at the end of the game. That showed me That's you have right. ice. That yeah. showed me you have. You give me however much time I'm go. I'm gonna get it done. And this is the second time he's done that. I mean, and, oh, we just got the stats. Jim Brown is the only other person to win MVP and Offensive Rookie of the Year. So he has a chance to join Jim Hall of Fame Brown. company. <laughs> Hall of Fame company. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is absolutely remarkable. CJ, my brother. You know, we actually family ties. CJ. Keep going, brother. I'm so glad you proved the haters wrong. I love it. This story is legendary. You're a terrific human being. You're showing them you're a terrific football player. My brother, keep going. You are a one-of-a-kind special player. I'm glad to see your success and so forth. Let's move on to another rookie I have high hopes for. He may not be offensive rookie of the year because his usage for the Falcons and people are wondering why he's not getting used in the red zone. And let me say this right now. The Falcons have drafted Drake London, B. John Robinson, and Kyle Pitts. And I think this might be some of the worst usage of athletes that you could draft for your offense. And, I mean, the history of all drafting. This is just bad. Kyle Pitts maybe has three, four touchdowns in his career regards to the, the injury. Drake London, he's being okay. He's battled injuries, but he hasn't really been used very much. And you have a, a Saquon Barkley, Barry Sanders type back. And you have this type of athlete and you don't find him a way to get in the ball. I, listen, I don't care what Bijan opens up away from the ball. My mindset is my best players have to touch the ball. I get that you have, uh, I mean, I mean, man. Like, I mean, it's tough because... It, I mean, Kyle Pitts, I played against him. He lead. Robinson, you know, he's a great back. And the receivers, he's a, he's a great receiver. It's just it's something's going on. I don't know what's going on. It has to be frustrating. Like, yeah. why draft him, especially at seventh pick? Why draft him that early if you're him. not going to use him? Yeah. I mean, this is the guy that could change your offense. Yeah. Like, I just don't get it. This is. He's so dynamic. It's mind-boggling to witness this. What's going on? Bijan. Tell him to let you loose. Let you loose. Another injury that we just seen recently, and, and that's Daniel Jones. I mean, we're playing the Giants this weekend. You hate to see it. Daniel Jones is out with an ACL. Praise up to Daniel Jones. This is a guy I've been rooting for. Even though he's a, a division, uh, I always hope for the best for all athletes in the NFL. It, it sucks. It's tough, it's tough, because, you know, he's a Charlotte guy. He's from the Carolinas. You know, he's uh, fighting to get back. He just came back. I think it was his first game back, right? Yeah. And then go down on, like, a non-contact injury. You know, that's that's tough, man. And You know, you never want to see your guys go down like that. And prayers up for him for sure. Hopefully he come back strong and, and be a good player. Man, prayers up for uh, you, DJ. Obviously, we hate to see that. Uh, you're a great athlete. Obviously, you're getting your best wishes from me and Gilly. Uh, recover soon. And see you next year. We're taking some questions from the chat before we wrap this up. They said, y'all have been talking a lot about MVPs. Who are y'all midseason MVP candidates? 
as of right now, my top five would be Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, CJ Stroud, Tua, and I think Tyreek Hill. Those are my top five MVP candidates. Um, I can go with those. Uh, who else? The Hurts. Hurt. Put Hurts in there. We could put Hurts in there. Yeah, he, he playing the big ball too. Yeah, I think it's arguable. Yeah, between him and CJ. Yeah, and and I might be biased. Yeah. CJ's my guy. Yeah, but I think Hurts and CJ is playing great football right yeah, now. Yeah, they playing great football. But, but I think what Hurts is doing, he doesn't have all pros. He doesn't have Pro Bowler. I mean, he does have Larry Tunzel. But what he's doing with less around him. Who you saying? Who who is that? Uh, CJ Stroud. He also, I mean, they have great players, good players over there. But he's when you a great player, you make other players around you. And he's making them he's, great. Yeah, he's I making mean, them great. Tank Dell is looking. Nico Collins is looking great. Tank Dell's sure. Noah Brown just went for 163 yards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's making. Schultz. And these aren't bad players. Exactly. He's making yeah. them look great. So that's that's something that y'all can say is arguable. But those are uh, my top five. We're not taking those away. And that's a tough top five. That's that's, that's my top five. I mean, five. you take yeah. Tyreek Hill out, I mean, Jalen Hurts is right there. For sure. But, I mean, yeah. Tyreek Hill, I mean, 1,000 yards and 7, 8 It's crazy. He may go for two. He may go for 2,000. He may go for 2,000. <laughs> yeah. No no cap. He yeah. may go for 2,000. Yeah. They said, uh, Michael, you're the best. What's your guys' take on Deron Bland and Marquise Bell? You know, I think my take is these are two guys that came in ready to work, hungry, and want to get on the field yeah. and not taking no for an answer. They're they're going berserk. I mean, Bell has stepped up in a tremendous yeah. way, and he's trending upward. He's only going to continue to get better. He's only been playing linebacker for what, eight games. Yeah. So, I mean, this is something remarkable. I'm loving to see these two guys that work hard and they want to get better. Yeah, for sure. I think Bell, you know, he's been playing great ball. He stepped up in a big way. You know, to help our defense, you know, playing linebacker, flying to the ball and making plays for us. And I think Deron Bland, you know, one thing that stick out with me to him, he's, uh, you know, he's only in year two, man. And he act like he's in year six. He's so even kill. He comes to work every day hungry. He, he want to get better. He's competing in practice every day. You know, he's doing all the right things. You, you would not think he's, he's laid back. I mean, I think he's going to have a great career, you know, just based off the way he works, very caring himself. And um, I'm just happy, you know, I can, I can share the field with him, you know, teach him as much as I can and, uh, you know, him keep making plays. Yep. I, I agree 100%. Gilly, do you think Belichick really deserves to be on the on the hot seat? I think um, that's just the world we live in, the National Football League. When you're losing, changes have to be made. But I think Bill is a legendary coach. You know, I wouldn't be the player I am today without Bill. You know, he taught me a lot in my career, how to be a pro, you know, his preparation during the week. Hall of Fame coach, man. When you're not getting the job done, you know, it's always question marks. And um, But I think that's a craft question. You know, he's he going to make the best decision for his organization. But I think Bill's hands down is one of the best coaches I ever had. What do you think of Penn State's chances now that Harbaugh is banned from the sidelines? First of all, I believe our chances was always through the roof. It's always we are Penn State. I expect us to get this victory. I expect us to go on top and beat them 
State College, Pennsylvania, just like we did when I was there. It may not be a wideout, but our fans are going to show up and show out like how they do every time. And let's just see if they can control that Penn State environment. And I know they can. So it's always we are, baby. I know it is. They said you got to replace that Gillies coach jersey with a Cowboys number 21 ASAP while he's there. And actually, we are not even replacing that. We are getting an original. We're getting a New England jersey. Yeah, The New it. England jersey. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to get him that patch jersey, you know, that, that vintage patch jersey. And, you know, get him right. But I told him he got to take that other jersey down. You know, <laughs> over that to the, I think it's our left. Yeah, right. so we got to take AJ Brown now. He said AJ Brown got to come down. I said if we get the vintage one, he'll come down. Um, but before we wrap, let's give a little preview to next week. Obviously, a division opponent, Giants, loaded with Saquon Barkley, speed with guys like Jalen Hyatt, a rookie quarterback coming into place. But these guys are still have a lot of potential. They're still a very talented team. And they're trying to obviously save their season. Brian DeBall, great head coach. We just need to prepare and not overlook these guys. I mean, these guys is going to come. They're going to give us their best shot. Defensive front, Kayvon Thibodeau is playing great. Dexter Lawrence is playing great. And we got our hands full. So, Cowboys Nation, y'all know, stand up. Come down to AT&T Sunday, 3 o'clock. We need you. We got to take over. We got can't all Giants fans out of the stadium and make it real simple. Hey, we're going to open the gates for y'all and we're going to lock the gates. Just that, that's, like, that's like our slogan. Open the gates and we're going to lock the gates and we ain't going to let nobody leave that survivor. And let's get straight to it, Cowboys Nation. We always appreciate y'all. Anything y'all want to say to Cowboys Nation? Nah, Cowboys Nation, man. It's going to be a great game this week. You know, be loud. We still hungry. And how we wanted to last week. Hey, but it's a new week. You know, we got a, a division opponent coming in, man. Just stick with us. We grinding. We working hard every day. You know, we, we go get it done. We appreciate y'all. Thank you for tuning in to the A's with your boy, Michael Parsons. And thank you, Gilly, for coming in, coming on to the show. We extremely appreciate that. And we'll see y'all next week, next Monday on the A's. Love and appreciate y'all. Always. Appreciate y'all.